Hello and welcome to episode 6 of It's Just The One Podcast. Actually, my name is Jake. And my name is Adam. This week we've compiled a list of films that are so bad they're actually good. So we're going to go through them, talk about some of our favourites, and we're also going to be casting the eventual Tiger King film. No luck catching them swans then. It's just the one swan actually. Okay, so what we want to do here is we've we've come up with a list of films that are bad films. Mm-hmm. They're bad in the way they've been made. Either it's a bad idea, it's a bad um, cast, bad direction. It, it, there's a bunch of reasons that these films can be bad, but nevertheless, they are actually boss. <laughs> these films are really, really good. Um, and we really enjoy watching these films. To an extent. There isn't really any credentials for these films to fall into. It is like a, it's a, it's a vast array of different type of films um, yeah, yeah. that we've gone for. Um, but we feel like they do fall into the category of being bad films that have absolutely no right to be yeah, as yeah. good as they actually are. I suppose there's some sort of uh, common things across the films, like the same sort of actors pop up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the same directors and stuff. Also, they're all they're all made in that period between like the nineties and the noughties. Yeah, yeah, and it's no one really. Do you know what I mean? It's on. like it's like ninety ninety six to like early two thousand three <laughs> or two thousand four, where it was just like a conveyor belt of shit. But these but these films actually are shit. But they they're like polished shit, um, pristinely polished heads. Pr- pristinely polished heads, exactly, is what all these films are. Um, so yeah, we got. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start with these? You kick it off, Jake. You give us. You give us one. Right. So as immediately, as soon as we come onto this topic, one film popped into my mind, and that is the um, Tomb Raider films. Mm. Angelina Jolie. Um, they are so shit. <laughs> they are really abysmal films. Um, the CGI is looks really rusty. When you go back and watch them now, um, the the dialogue is just non-existent. Um, nevertheless, they they came out at a time. I think it was about twelve or thirteen when these films come out. So it was like a film made for me. Yeah. Um, and I've loved them ever since. Honestly, whenever I'm hungover or anything, I'll I'll whack Tomb Raider on because it's just the simplest film to follow <laughs> for me. For me, head <laughs> at that stage, um, Angelina Jolie is perfect as Lara Croft as well. She's she, it's it's just a role born for her basically. Daniel Craig, he's in the first one. Daniel Craig's in the first one, um, before he's obviously James Bond and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, the villain in the first one as well is uh, what's his name? Jorah from Game of Thrones is the villain from the first one. Obviously, when I say they're fantastic films, they're not fantastic films. Like, the plot is just absolutely abysmal. Um, th- there is no plot really. Um, the the as I said, the dialogue's just atrocious at times. Um, there is no acting or anything to to the roles. It's just like here's a hot woman in tight pants, and she's just doing flips and stuff like that. There, there's a scene as well in this, <laughs> and and it's it's bonkers. I think she's fighting a robot. And she does about sixty flips backwards, <laughs> and it's just like one after the one after the next after the next, and it's absolutely bonkers. 
like how she doesn't snap her spine, but <laughs> it's 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 a really really good film, both of them. Um, yeah, I I just really enjoy the Tomb Raider films. Um, they are probably the guilty pleasure of mine, along with a lot more of these films that we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, first off, Tomb Raider. Fair enough. I think um I can make a jump to the next film here, sort of keeping in line with some of the points you've made, but. We've mentioned the director already on this podcast before. It's none other than uh, Michael Bay's first Transformers oh, film. Our good friend Michael Bay. Um, Which is... Yeah, it's, 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 what? It, it's so... It's a it's great so film. Shit, but it's actually... It's amazing, isn't it? It is. It is. I remember going to see it at the cinema and just being absolutely blown away by it. Because it was just... Again, I was that age where... Like... Teen lad. <laughs> adolescent yeah. teen lad who just wanted to go and watch Megan Fox fix cart and <laughs> cool things blow up and shit like that. It's yeah, just Michael, robots kicking the shit out of each other for three hours. It's basically Michael Bay's genre is just explosions. Like if there's just a yeah, genre yeah. for Michael Bay, it's explosions. Um, <laughs> I do I do think Michael Bay is like the godfather of this genre of shit films that are oh, is, absolutely, yeah. actually really good. Um, obviously like, Bad Boys is a good film, the first one. Bad Boys 2. Well, as much as I like Bad Boys 2, it's shit. But I still really enjoy it. There are other films as well. I think The Island, we've spoken about The Island before. Oh, with you, McGregor. Absolutely yeah. atrocious film. Still worth a watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's actually garbage in it, but it's, it's, it's cool. He's, he's, he's just one of them who makes really shit films that you can just watch. Yeah. Like brain-dead films. Yeah. Um, but Transformers, definitely. I, it's, it's just fantastic in it the first one i mean the second the third the fourth the fifth and whatever one we're on now <laughs> um they're just absolute shite saying that i watched bumblebee the other night and that was actually really really good but um for the vast majority since that film have been absolutely shite um and i don't know what i don't know why it's it's just exactly the same film I don't know what makes the first one better. Exactly. I'm trying to think of like redeeming features of the film. Like, oh, it's quite funny. But then I'm thinking, is it? Is it it's, funny though? No, like, it's just really Michael Bay sexist. Um, like you said, when you're like 12, 13 years old, it's really good. But then you, you watch it when you're older and you go back to it and you're like, oh my God. Some of the jokes are just, awful. yeah, exactly. Um, some of the jokes are a bit like, Ugh, when you go back and watch it now. <laughs> um, the two parents annoy the shit out of me through them films as well. <laughs> Um, and they, they have like the little dog and he's like constantly humping and then they get like another dog oh, in the yeah. second one and it's just shagging the other dog on top of <laughs> on top of a little like house it's just like what the <laughs> and no, it's like it's really like Michael weird. Bay actually committed that shot to film like <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> like, he, like he, had, he had a cinematographer and everything <laughs> frame and line that shot of, of two dogs <laughs> shagging <laughs> Falls, yeah, I'll put that fucking Transformers. It's mad. Um but no the first one. I'm I am on board with you on the first one. I did I do really enjoy watching the first one. Um and a lot of Michael Bay films I think can can be on this list. Um I'm just thinking of any of it. The Rock. Um the, the, rock, the, yeah, the, yeah. the film The Rock. Not not The Rock. Yeah. Um but the, the film with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Sean Connery, Nick Cage, yeah, absolutely, uh, like bonkers film, absolutely brilliant film. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that film. It's always on like ITV Four yeah. as well. Um, it's always on. Yeah, it is constantly on. But yeah, 
Michael Bay's just got is the godfather of this genre. The undisputed godfather of this genre. Um Agreed. So yeah, another film that we want to talk about Con Air, which um obviously Nicolas Cage, John Malkovich, um Steve Buscemi's in there as well. There's the, yeah. there's there's a whole host of people who just look absolutely solid. Um and like you could like grate some cheese off their chin. But what a film. <laughs> he grates anything off Steve Buscemi's face, uh, like Do you know that, that that conference call or that like meeting to discuss that film? Oh what idea have you got? Oh we're gonna put a prison on a plane. Oh fantastic, yeah. Like <laughs> that's 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 absolutely amazing. Like wh- how are you naming your your characters? Oh well the main villain's gonna be Cyrus the Virus. Fantastic, here's all the money in the world. <laughs> It's absolutely amazing. I love Connor so much. Obviously, the iconic, put the Barney back in the box from Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just filled with one-liners. Uh, what's his name's in it as well? Um, John Cusack. John Cusack is in it. Oh fucking hell! Yeah. As the detective, isn't like the final the final scene? Isn't it like the plane that they're on just starts like smashing down like the Las Vegas Strip? Yeah, it's absolutely bonkers. So they they manage to ground the plane. And then, for whatever reason, the plane lifts off again with, like, three baddies still on it. And they fly over the Vegas Strip, and then they crash the plane in the Vegas Strip, killing, like, thousands of people. Um, <laughs> and no one's asked at the end. I think everyone gets a clap. But <laughs> in, like, classic <laughs> classic Hollywood fashion. But, nah, what a film. Con Air. Such a boss film. Um, well worth a watch if you've never seen Con Air. Uh, so... When we spoke about this segment originally, I kind of struggled initially to think of uh, films to talk about. So I started with actors, and the first name that I wrote down was was Nicolas Cage. So uh, obviously, um, he's in Con Air, but he's in another film that I think we both agree on with uh, Big John, John Travolta. Oh, this is so. This is um, one of the most ridiculous film ideas possibly ever ever written it's a face off so if you haven't seen it it's nick cage and john travolta one plays like a criminal one plays um like is he a detective at the start or is he just like a regular guy he's a detective yeah yeah and basically um nick cage doesn't he shoots nick cage kills john travolta's son by accident because he shoots john travolta he shoots him in the back but the bullet goes through his back and hits his kid, but he doesn't die. But his kid dies. So he kills his son. He kills his son. So at the start of the film, it's directed by the great John Woo. So if you've never seen a John Woo film, uh, please do yourself a favour. He is absolutely amazing. Um, he basically takes what Michael Bay does and just amplifies it. So like, <laughs> the, the, there's like slow-mo scenes that go on for about 10 minutes. In John Wee films, I think famously there's a, there's like a five minute one in Mission Impossible Two, um, but it's directed by John Wu. Face Off, honestly, is one of my favorite films. Um, so at the beginning of the film, there's the big chase, isn't there? And um, Nicholas Cage is the bad guy, and he's on the plane, and John Travolta and the police are after him, and the plane crashes, and they basically catch Nicholas Cage. They then want uh, I think they then want his brother to confess who's in prison about 
something. So they come up with a plan of taking Nicolas Cage's face off Nicolas Cage, taking John Travolta's face off John Travolta and swapping them. <laughs> so what you have is the two weirdest actors ever in Hollywood playing each other, which is just absolutely yeah. fantastic. Like whoever, whoever like at one o'clock in the morning was laying in bed and just this popped into their head, honestly. Just they should have got an Oscar. It's absolutely fantastic. So you have John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage playing John Travolta acting <laughs> in the same mannerisms and everything. Like absolutely amazing. I just imagine Nicolas Cage watching like Grease on like an eighty hour loop, just trying to get into John to <laughs> John Travolta's head. Um but it's so it's so fucking good, honestly. It's it's yeah, such an it amazing film. It's actually film. really good. Um it, it's got it's just Full on Nicolas Cage and full on John Travolta, um, and I abs- and I absolutely love it for it. No, I think it's one of those like again. I watched it as a kid and I was sort of like blown away by the concept. And then you get older, you look back at it and you're like, "They've swapped faces. They've fucking swapped <laughs> faces. It's the most ridiculous thing ever." And somehow it works. Like if you look at John Travolta's <laughs> face and Nicolas Cage's face, you couldn't get like two completely different looking people if you tried like do you notice how like how they both lose weight as well or gain weight in yeah, john yeah. travolta's case like yeah yeah like it's not just the faces <laughs> that swap it's all the body mass as well swaps <laughs> <laughs> yeah nicholas cage can suddenly dance <laughs> for some reason i don't think body mass off worked as a title and i think they, they went right yeah, with no. face off um but no you are right in that Nicolas Cage just is like the poster child for these films um, yeah there's loads of films he's in that are just I mean not many get the accolade of being so bad that they're good but literally 99% are just really shit no it's just, there's Drive Angry I've never seen Drive Angry I've seen the poster for Drive Angry and that was enough for me um, <laughs> there's Drive Angry Ghost Rider's absolutely abysmal um, yeah yeah what a fucking shite film that is well there's actually um another Nick Cage film on the list, isn't it, that we both had? There is. Um, it, so it falls, it, it falls in, three, it falls in the 1%, along with Connor Face Off. three films already. <laughs> <laughs> it falls in the 1%, all three of these films. This is, hands down, probably the worst film on the list, I think. Like, it's just absolutely <laughs> abysmal. I really like the original of this film, so it is a remake. I really, really yeah. like the original of this film. Um... <laughs> But this film is, it's just worth a watch because it's just utter shite. But it's like watchable <laughs> shit. Um, and that film's The Wicker Man. Obviously famously known mm. for Nicolas Cage punching women for like <laughs> 90 minutes. And he's just running around hitting women. <laughs> um, and oh then God. famously getting... Stung by some bees at the end, but the bees, <laughs> the bees, oh not the bees. <laughs> it's so just bad. so bad. It's so bad. Honestly, get we're all in lockdown at the moment. Please just put the Wicker Man on, get a couple of bevs, and just have a laugh because it is such a funny <laughs> film. It does got no intention of being funny. How to get burned? How to get burned? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just oh my god how the hell is he even famous who fucking who gave him Nicholas Cage Nicholas Cage is famous because 
a script will land on Nicolas Cage's desk and he'll just go, yep, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He'll, he'll do it. He'll just yeah. agree to anything. Like, uh, absolutely. And by all means, that gets him, like, the odd good job and the odd good role. But for the vast majority of his film roles are fucking shite. <laughs> He's good in Kick-Ass. I like him in Kick-Ass. I think that that was probably... Oh, yeah, to be fair, he is good in that. That was probably the one Nicolas Cage home I liked where he's, where he's good. There's a, few, there's a few that are like, he's okay in, but they're still really mad. Conair. Conair, I love. Conair, I love. Um, yeah, Face-Off, yeah. I love. So there's two... I'm lying to myself there. There's two Nicolas Cage films I absolutely adore. He's in, um, I don't he's like, in that Raising Arizona as well, isn't he? Raising Arizona, yeah, yeah. There's, I don't like The Wicker Man, but I do love The Wicker Man, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's what this this list's all about, isn't it? This, that, I think it, it it best best suits the list, the Wicker Man, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Best describes what we're going for. But yeah, Nicolas Cage is the poster child of these films. I feel like we're going in a Nicolas Cage love in here, but, so we'll move away from him a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And we'll move on to someone else who probably agrees to every film that lands on his desk. And it is the great, no, great Samuel Jackson, who, lucky enough, <laughs> Good films land on his desk more often than not. Um, yeah. But there was a period in the noughties when bad films were landing on that Samuel Jackson's desk and he was agreeing to him. Um, I've got one. You've got one. I'll go first. Um, yeah. So mine is Deep Blue Sea, which is about... I'll, I'll, you've never seen Deep Blue Sea, have you? No, mate. So let me let me just throw this idea your way and you... Throw it back to me, all right? Got you. So this is what Deep Blue Sea is about. So Deep Blue Sea is about shark, clever sharks. So sharks would, and these scientists make the shark brains go ten times bigger, right? And these sharks become aware that they're in a prison, and they break out of this like this scientific lab in the middle of the ocean with all these people on, oh and they God. just start murdering everyone one by one so it's like jaws but it's, it's like a slasher movie but but jaws as well um <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers but it works it surprisingly works um hold on a sec does does sam jackson die in this film so spoiler alert have you seen it spoiler 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 so it's got a cast of near enough nobodies. I mean, Thomas Jane is in it. I am um, famously played the Punisher, um, and uh, there's a there's a LL Cool J's the cook in it. Fucking hell. There's 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 like a load of there's a load of actors that are like just not known for anything, and then there's Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> and then no word of a lie about ten. 20 minutes in he kills Samuel L. Jackson off he's like the first one to go and he's like standing there giving it's probably the budget isn't it yeah he's standing there giving this like massive rant like this dead um, dead like heroic rant like oh it's alright Samuel Jackson's here to save the day and then the shark just like pops up and just (laughs) bites him and just (laughs) breaks him in half and like takes him down and eats him I'm like oh "Oh my god God. it's 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 a good film though it is a good film surprisingly enough it works um, but yeah, Samuel Jackson, another poster child of this genre. I believe you've got another one. I have, yeah. So I think everyone on the planet has seen this film. And I think if it was ever to be on telly and you're like sort of flicking through, you will just keep it on. Absolutely. But it's fucking dreadful. So this is uh, Snakes on a Plane. So the title <laughs> literally is the film, obviously. It's so it's... fucking daft. Oh my it's God. It's so daft. 
it's one of them films that I don't know how it got past the meeting and I don't yeah. know how someone pitched that idea to a studio and then the studio gave like 50, 60 million to go and make it. Am I right in thinking that the, the snakes in this film are like genetically modified to be angry or something? Like super, super aggressive? I think so. I think so. Because obviously yeah. a, a plane full of normal snakes just wouldn't sell. Yeah. Isn't there like a some sort of like exotic animal um, sort of dealer who's like behind it all? I I'm haven't sure, seen like, it arrested. in years, you know. I haven't Mate, seen I'm it in sure. years. I think you know I watched what? it I'm when sure. I was like 13 or 14. I haven't seen it since. Yeah. I'm sure he gives these snakes like doses of some sort of drug and they all just go fucking mad <laughs> which comes to like like that point in the film and they all break loose <laughs> oh my god like there's so many like sort of scary ways a snake can can kill you because obviously like so many people are scared by them but they just go they go fucking extra like that couple in in the toilet on a plane and shagging yeah and the snake comes up through the toilet and just fucking doesn't it like bites his dick yeah yeah rips it off doesn't he and it like <laughs> clean it's off. like mad it's like I don't know, like how high were the the people when they were pitching a film? Mate. But it, it's it, <laughs> again, it's just a it's it's a it's a film that is so shit. You can easily just sit there and watch it though. It's got yeah, that yeah. great great exactly. line as well. I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> mate, it's like the fucking best line of any film ever. Definitely on this list, snakes on a plane. I'll go over this one next. So when a studio is out of ideas. Of what to do with two massive franchises. What better way to combine both franchises into one film? And that film is Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> this film has no right to be as good as it is. It's such a good film. It really is. I, I love Alien and I love The Predator. I love both franchises. Um, yeah. And it, it weirdly honors both franchises as well like it weirdly appreciates both of them and like puts them in a, in a narrative that actually works um i think it's the one film on this list where the narrative actually makes a bit of sense um yeah but it's it's a really really good fun film it's it's a proper um friday night film if that makes sense and yeah, i think yeah. a lot of these films are proper friday night films where you know you've had a long week at work and what have you and you just want a film that's absolutely brain dead um but the, it's it's an amazing film. I love it a bit. It just reminds me of like childhood Alien vs Predator. I remember watching Alien vs Predator yeah. before I watched Alien or Predator, <laughs> and then going back and watching Alien Predator when I could. Um, yeah. What a film! Honestly, what a film! Freddy vs Jason also falls into this category. Yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. Um, I've only seen that once. I've only seen that once, but I did, I did sort of enjoy it. Yeah, it. it you just, just like, you've uh, just shook your head though. So go on. Oh no! Like I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say like there's there's this sort of like genre of like films where these characters just face off against each other, sort of like what we spoke about the other week with Godzilla and King Kong. Like just get two fucking big forces and put, put them up them against together. each other. But I'm not sure if this happened with Alien vs Predator. But did they make like more than one where they were all like modified? Yeah, and, like, they made a sequel yeah. to it, and it's utter like that is shite. Like that is just absolutely shite film. And they made like a hybrid, a hybrid between the two, um, which, which, all right, fair enough, sounds, but yeah, they, they don't watch the second Alien vs Predator. It's fucking shit. No, I like I liked Freddy vs Jason, and I like Alien vs Predator even more. Um, you did mention though, one there, Godzilla vs King Kong, and 
the '98 Godzilla film is on this list. What what a what an absolutely fucking shit film, but what an absolute ride. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> but like I said to you before, I was like, I don't know why, but I own a copy of this film and I used to watch it all oh, the time. I do, I do. And I don't know why. It was on Netflix for like, a bit, and I think I watched it like once a month on Netflix when it was This on. is before we got like the, the reboot, obviously. It was like it was like the next best thing. This is like It's amazing. Nearly ten, exactly. ten years it's one before of them. like it's one Peter of the, Jackson's King Kong and everything. Exactly. So like we had no other option. Exactly. It's one of them that that came out alongside like Tomb Raider and all that. And my like tiny little brain was just blown away by it. <laughs> um, but obviously stars, yeah, Matthew Broderick as the worm guy. <laughs> who just studies worms. I don't know how they relate. A guy who studies worms. <laughs> And then next at the Hello, end, mate. by the end, he's standing in the um, Madison Square Garden, and there's just tons of like eggs. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god! But it's it's a great film. It really is. It's got um, the French actor in it who played uh, Leon, and he's he's basically they they basically watched Leon and thought, oh yeah, we're gonna put that 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 person like. The actor and the character <laughs> in Godzilla, like they're just gonna rip the character straight into Godzilla. You should make a sequel, like the professional versus Godzilla, and just just do it. Yeah, exactly. There's a ton of um, there's a ton of Simpsons actors actually in Godzilla. But I say a ton. I think there's, there? there's three, but oh. obviously in the Simpsons, one actor plays like sixteen characters. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hank Azir, Hank Azir is in there. Um, mm. he's the camera guy. And he obviously does the voices of a poo and, well, doesn't do uh, the voice of a poo anymore. Oh, but, not anymore. Um, no. He does Mo and uh, Chief Wiggum. And oh, the right. the editor guy is Harry um, Shearer, I think his name is. Uh, the editor guy, so the guy who runs the paper in Godzilla. And he voices Smithers uh, and Mr. Burns and all stuff like that. So there's like oh, a nice, right. nice little Simpsons nod in Godzilla. Um, what a film. Absolutely belter film. I love it. Uh, do you know what? I, I I just don't think. I don't. I don't think for me that it's it is it is good enough to be on this list. I think it's just really bad. <laughs> do you? <laughs> A couple of years ago, like maybe like about ten years ago, I'd leave it on there. But now that I've got like the fix of next do you year, think it's two, two films. <laughs> do you think it's, it's two, too shit, mate? It's too shit it's, to be on this list? <laughs> Yeah, it's really it's on the list next to this. It's just films that are so bad, and that's it. I love it. No, it's staying on. I'm keeping it on. No, um, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. So this next one, um, this is a film Jake's got on his list. I did, I did think it did come into my mind, but I didn't write it down, and that's because I don't know if you heard on another episode when I, I absolutely fucking let one go about Will Smith. It was sort of un, an unprecedented rant. I really don't mind him that much, but I wasn't feeling him. At He's the time. still crying. He's a, yeah, I know. He's in this film. Uh, this is Wild Wild West. <laughs> you could just the title says it all. Um, you probably think of the fucking song as well when when you think of the title. But um, yeah, it's Will Smith. It it suits for me for a Will Smith film to be on this list. I like but, to yeah. think when. What, what do you think, Jake? I like to think when Tarantino went to Will Smith and said, oh, "I've done this film for you. It's a cowboy film." Like, like here it is. Will Smith just went. Oh no, I've I've done a I've done a cowboy film before. Like yeah, he's just he's that. just absolutely like proud. Like this is his proudest achievement that 
he didn't he felt like he didn't have to work with Tarantino just because he's done this film. <laughs> um it's absolutely shit. It really is. The 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 one thing I remember about this film is the villain being in a wheelchair with but it's not a wheel it's like a it's like a steam wheelchair, so it's like a train and it's ro- robotic yeah. and he's like wheeling around everywhere and it's got like little steam coming off out of it. Um and then at the end, he uh, he turns into a big scorpion or like a big spider thing, and then starts like uh, like I don't know like trying to destroy America basically or something. But he basically t- like <laughs> turns into this big mechanical spider at the end of the film, um, and obviously it all makes sense because it obviously back in um, the Wild Wild West. There were big, massive mechanical spiders. Obviously, it all makes absolutely perfect sense. Um, this film—it's it's shit. It's so shit. There's the bit where they've got the like neck collar things on, and like he puts them in like a circle, and then when they step out of the circle, these big like robotic saw things <laughs> come flying out <laughs> of this train and like try and cut your head off because you've got this like big robot. Oh, it's, it's just mad. It's absolutely bonkers. This film. Um, but I do enjoy it. I do kind of enjoy it in a way. It's not the one that I'd probably, if all these film, if I was given like all these films to watch, I wouldn't pick that. But if it was on, I'd watch it. Yeah, I think probably the same. To be honest, if it was on, I'd watch it. Unless Snakes on a Plane was on a different channel, then for I'd a put laugh, that on. for a laugh. <laughs> I've got this one, and I think this is probably. My granddaddy. And Go on. It's, it's Van Helsen. Oh yeah, big Hugh. Big Hugh. For, for huge, huge Jackman. On paper, on paper, this sh- this film should have worked. No, it should have been. It should have been really good. So it's the Mummy director. So it's the director of like Brandon Brendan Fraser's Mummy One and Two, which by the way were almost added to this list. But I thought actually no, they are really, they are good films apart from the CGI in the second one. Um, oh no! <laughs> but makes me feel ill. It's horrible, isn't it? Like PlayStation One graphics <laughs> are better than that. Um, <laughs> but Van Helsing is just a shit film, but it's actually boss. Like it's a, such a belter film. Yeah, yeah. You, it's it's Hugh Jackman for a start, and you just like Hugh Jackman will just like run with whatever idea and whatever role he's given. Yeah. Um. There's Kate Beckinsdale's in it, obviously. Um, mm. She's playing The Rock's wife in our upcoming coronavirus film. She'll <laughs> do anything for work. Um, <laughs> but I just I just love the idea of it. So it takes all the universal horror monsters. So it takes Dracula, the werewolf, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Dracula's brides. It takes them all and puts them in the same thing. And then Van Helsen's yeah. just sent to kill them all. I absolutely adore it. I think it's such a fantastic film. Another no, one. Right. I'm not even. Ash- that's always on. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even ashamed to say, but I do actually love this film. Yeah, it's just Give cool, it- isn't it? It's what you want. Like, like you said, it's all these like different sorts of classic stories, and then it it's perfe- all just put into one. It perfectly sums up this genre of. It's a shit film, but it's. If it's on and it's there to watch, it's it's a good film to watch. If that makes sense, it's a good film just to chill, to to relax, to nice and easy, um, just something to like numb your mind a bit. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, 
Van Helsing, I think, defo. Ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? It does, exactly. You've got the granddaddy, though, I think. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think anyone who talks about films that are so bad they're good, this is the top of everyone's list. It's like the catalyst for shit films, and that's The Room, obviously. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you've really, oh, really got to watch it. It's, <laughs> it's fucking incredible. So it's um it's not even that old either. It's two thousand and three, and it's written, directed, starred in by the fucking great Tommy Wiseau. And like yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's like this sort of like self-loving project with the weirdest storyline ever. Like he gets betrayed by everyone, like the entire world basically. Um, there's lots of really disgusting, awkward sex scenes. Uh, pretty sure he tries to kill himself at one point. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of throwing of footballs. <laughs> it's amazing. It's one of them where it's, it's it's a comedy, but it's never intentionally made to be a comedy whatsoever. No, no, no. I mean, if obviously if you've heard of The Disaster Artist, that's obviously what this film's based on. James Franco and Seth Rogen made a film about The Room, and Tommy Wiseau was, well, he wasn't in it, I don't think, but he's obviously heavily involved. It's based on a book, isn't it, that, that Greg... Sestero fella yeah. who's in the film with Tommy Wiseau he wrote a book about it and then they made a film but I mean before The Disaster Artist The Room was a massive cult classic wasn't it I mean absolutely it's made it's made its money a million times over obviously when it came out it was a f- like complete flop but over the years he must be making an absolute killing off it absolutely but it's the, fir- the first film that comes into your mind in this in this sort of topic yeah and if you haven't watched it just do it it's painful, but it's really worth it. It's <laughs> it's painful only if you're not drinking. Um, but no, I, I'll fully endorse that and say go and watch the room. In fact, I'd say do the disaster artist and the room as like a double feature. Back to back, yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's absolutely hilarious. It's so funny, so shit, but so funny. Yeah, it's like everything about the film shit. The, the like the fake backgrounds they have a terrible. The acting is abysmal. <laughs> The script, the script. So this guy's, he's like from. No one actually really knows where he's from. He's from Europe somewhere, <laughs> so we can't. He's got like pretty, pretty bad English, and he's written the this English script. It's so bad. Oh my god, love but it! It's amazing. Absolutely love it. Hi. Can I help you? Yeah. Can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be eighteen dollars. Go keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye bye. Right. So, for this next segment, this is the main event, I think. Yep. Um. So based off Netflix's hit documentary series Tiger King, which has like gripped the whole world on it, and mm-hmm. all the memes in the world are now just Tiger King memes. Um, we had decided, similar to casting the Corona film, we're going to cast the Tiger King film when it yep. eventually gets made. Yeah, um, which it 100% will. 100%. We've seen a lot of castings already yeah. on Twitter and Facebook. Um, So we might probably be persuaded by what we've seen on so, so, sorts yeah. of social media. We, tr- we, try, we try and won't be, but... I have seen a few of them on Twitter. Yeah, and I mean, some of them are s- like such good shouts. Like some of the shouts are so good. 
Um, but we've tried to keep it original with our own. Yeah, yeah. We've, tr- we've tried to avoid them and go our own way. But like Jake said, some of them are just perfect. It's going to be like top trumps, this. Should we keep everyone on the edge of the seat? Or should we start with the like the secondary characters and build our way up? Absolutely. So we, we don't do Joe Exotic first or Carol Baskin will do. No, no. Um, no they're the last ones. So before we get into this, the casting, I think we should choose what sort of film we want this to be. And I think yeah. by doing that, we should choose who we want to direct this film. Based on um, my sort of uh, take on Tiger King and the very, very ridiculous narrative that unfolds in a documentary, I think that the Cowan brothers should direct this Tiger King film. It fits very much with films they've done in the past. It's a very slow burner. And then when you think it hit its peak, it hits another level of ridiculousness. And uh, I think it's very much up their street. I will... I'll agree with you. Coen Brothers is such a good shout. Coen Brothers absolutely fit the narrative to this. Obviously, um, their films are known to have just like multiple of layers and layers um, of plot and detail. Um, But their comedic films especially will handle this Mm -hmm. exactly how it needs to be handled. Like the amount of stupidity. Um, My shout was Wes Anderson. I I do like that. I do like that. Aesthetically, it will just be really, really pleasing in a weird way. Even though it's yeah. they, they all are absolutely disgusting to look at, but <laughs> it, the film itself would be like really gorgeous to look at. Um, but narrative-wise as well, I think he he's got a, a knack, Wes Anderson, of dealing with multiple um, plots for multiple characters and like sort of bringing them to one narrative. Um, but no, I think you've top-trumped me there. I think Coen Brothers is just such a good shout. Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely agree with you there. Coen Brothers is directing this film. Yeah, I mean, Wes Anderson is a good shout, like, especially when you're talking about sort of the way he handles multiple characters because Tiger King's full of people. There's about 15, 20 people here. Like, and if you look at films like Grand Budapest Hotel, there's so many characters in that film and they all just mould into one plot. So it is a good shout, but yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with my suggestion here on the Coen Brothers. I think it's that weird. It's a, only they can sort of handle this this sort of fucked up thing. Should we go into the cat? Should we start with the villain, which is obviously in the in the TV show? I think even though he starts off as the hero, Joe, he obviously becomes a villain towards the end. If you haven't seen the TV oh, yeah. show, but but yeah, um, there is actually a villain to to that stays like a villain throughout the thing, sort of thing, Dunny. Um, oh that's, yeah, that's that's Jeff Lowe. Should we cast Jeff first? <laughs> Yep. Who, have you, who have you got for Jeff and why? Do you know what? I was looking at him. So I've, I've based all my picks sort of on like looking slightly like them or they can be made to look like them, but also on like what these characters can do, like mm. if they could sort of play these people. And I think, to be honest, I've absolutely smashed this one, I think. Um, but I think Michael Madsen as Jeff Lowe. One, because he really <laughs> looks like him. And two, he plays a lot of like CD backstabbing people. I think um And three, he, he hasn't do done a film in years. So Yeah, he needs it. He's he'll, still in that he'll, camera he'll from the Hateful Eight. <laughs> no one's collected them since. <laughs> oh. That is a really good shout, Michael Madsen. I've got I've gone for Brian Cranston. Nice. Brian Cranston obviously breaking bad, Walter White. Um 
I just think he's got that, especially as Walter White in some of the Breaking Bad episode. He's just nails that sinister um mm. tone, especially if we're doing a Coen Brothers film. Like he'll just nail that sinister look. Um, even though, no, no, so, yeah. Um, and he's just it. It just looks like an, uh, someone with authority, doesn't he? When he comes on the screen, Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though he's, he looks, like, he sounds like the nicest man on earth, but. Joe, so what I, I will concede again, Michael Madsen is an absolute you know shout for Jeff Lowe. I'm glad you've said that because that's a shout. I've actually got Brian Cranston down as someone else, so I'm glad okay. you said that. Okay, yeah, Brian Brian Cranston would nail, I think, Jeff Lowe, but yeah, Michael Madsen, I think, is basically Jeff Lowe as a person. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> I think maybe that's what he's is. been doing all these years. <laughs> yeah. After he's just, he's just, just dry off the tigers. Tar- <laughs> he's just dry off the Tarantino money and just <laughs> just put on to zoo. Oh, uh, so yeah, we'll have Michael Madsen as Jeff Lowe. Amazing. Sick. I'm already liking this film. Who do you want to cast next? I'll t- what I'll do is I'll throw in who I, who I had Brian Cranston down for, and then see what you think and tell me who you've got. So this is um, John John Renke. I think he says his name. He's the guy who, no who legs. had both his legs amputated. Yeah, yeah, no legs. Um, so I put Brian Cranston down for this one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, I can see that. I've gone for um, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine... Yeah. He's, he can just do the voice. The voice is perfect as well. Um, but no, yeah, that's a I think actually. I think I think Woody in that role, that that character is so like a character. He's obviously a real person. It's <laughs> it's so weird because he just seen without the legs and he's like, I didn't lose them to like <laughs> an animal or something, did he? But how did he yeah. lose them? I didn't lose well, them. He to had an like his, he had issues, didn't he, with his legs, and then he carried on working, and he essentially like worked as feet to the bone like in a literal sense that was it he was just like his feet were just sort of like decaying and he was just walking on his bones and in the I end I like, reckon yeah, mate, your legs are fucked and they just chopped them off I, de- <laughs> I definitely <laughs> reckon something's happened in that zoo and he covered it up mate and he's just like oh, so man. much has happened in that zoo <laughs> you wouldn't know where to sit um I reckon <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> I reckon. Who do you reckon for that one? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I'll go with you. I'll say Woody because I think he's probably one of the only like nice characters in the documentary. He's got that sort of like he's he's just tells you straight up what he thinks. Like he doesn't give a shit. And yeah, he's kind Wood- of nice, but he's also a bit of an asshole. And I think that's pretty much almost every Woody Harrelson character ever. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So we've got Brian. No, sorry. We've got Michael Madsen, Jeff Lowe. Yeah. Uh, Johnny No Legs as Woody Harrelson, the Coen Brothers directing. Mm-hmm. Who are we saying for Saf? I struggled with Saf. <laughs> no arms, really Saf. You know? No arms, Saf. You didn't. Yeah, Go so, on. So Saf, I can't remember her name. It's like something Safty, I think. Um, Saf, Saf is the um, person who got their arm bitten off by the tiger. Um, I don't really want to get this wrong because I can't remember, but I think she's a transgender man. So yeah. she was born a woman, but identifies as a man. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So um, in that in that case, we we will cast a male in this role. 
Um, and I can't remember his name, but I'm just going for the guy from Spider-Man, Peter Parker's mate. <laughs> and I think that's actually perfect. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Similar age, similar vibe. <laughs> that's that's so funny. Um I've gone for so from the interview with um James Franco and Seth Rogan, the guy who plays Kim Jong un. Um and he's also popped in a, up in a couple of comedy films recently. Um he was, he actually popped up I think in one of the Ant Man films. I actually find him really, really funny as an actor. Um he was in the office as well, wasn't he? He was. He played. Um, oh, he plays Jim. He, he plays Asian Jim. Asian Jim. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a really funny actor. It is Randall, um, Randall Park. Yeah. Um, I just feel like he's got that comedic timing and that comedic value to the role of like someone who's just not asked that their arm's been ripped off by a lion, and it's just like, no, I'm not bothered. Um. So yeah, I went with Randall Park for that one. However, yeah. I think you've you've I think you've again knocked it out the park with Spider Man's best mate. No, I, I think um to be honest, that just popped into my head straight away. But I think I think I want to go with your shout because okay. you sort of film. So we like each other. Film, what I'm, like, I'm saying to rule out Spider Man's mate. One, because we can't remember his fucking name, so we can't like, cast someone we don't know. We'll go with Randall and two. Then. I think Randall Park, you're saying about his sort of comedic elements to his acting, it's very much in line with the Coen Brothers films. I think yeah, you've got exactly. that really sort of like underlying dark humour. Yeah. And especially for something like Tiger King, we've we've got to put that in. So I'm I'm happy to go with yours on so that. So I'll go with Randall Park for that one. It's a great actor. Um We'll go Eric next. Eric, the like the head zookeeper guy oh hippie jesus the only guy who comes out of this with any sort of credibility whatsoever mm-hmm. um yeah he's on he honestly sounds like the nicest fella and he's just like he just goes to work looks after the lions and the tigers and then goes home and he's just like yeah that's all he wants to do doesn't want to get involved yeah. with anything else um poor fella poor fella i've gone for the great matthew mcgonaghy for this one all right, all right, all right. I'll tell you why I like this. Every single casting I saw on Facebook and Twitter had Matthew McConaughey down as John, no legs. And obviously, we couldn't pick him for that. But this sort of like Southern state American drama, if Matthew McConaughey's not in it, then it's not going to work. I know. So he's got to get in there. I feel like Matthew McConaughey's been to this right. zoo. I feel like Matthew McConaughey's been to that zoo about <laughs> 60 times <laughs> with his kids. He's probably, he's probably, yeah, I think he's got a tiger, you know, and he's keeping it quiet. 100%. He's, he's bought about five tigers off Joe. Um, yeah, yeah. I had down Aaron Eckhart, who plays Two-Face in The Dark Knight. I mean... Joe, he looks the him, image of him. He looks the image he's of the him. De- like. He's the dead ringer, yeah. But um, I think he's I just think, flat. I just think for someone who's... He's quite flat as actor. I just think someone who's like chill already like i think if you just put matthew mcconaughey in that film and just say just be yourself matthew and just like love the tigers and the lions he'll he'll just nail it like he'll get an oscar for it easily should we do carol's husband 
Howard Baskin. Yeah. Howard Baskin. Oh, not the yeah. one that's been killed, obviously. Um, no, no, this is the current husband. Not the one that she murdered, but the one that's currently alive waiting to be murdered. Um, yeah, this is the one with the really disturbing wedding photos. <laughs> on the, oh, God. Oh, this documentary. Right. <laughs> There's so much in this documentary that like just pops into your head every so often once you've watched it and you're just like, Jesus Christ, that happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was one of them. Howard Baskin, who have you got? I had two down for this. So I'm going to tell you the first one and then I'm going to tell you the one I decided to go with. So I put Steve Buscemi down first just because like, who is sort of insane enough to marry Carol Baskin. And I was like, well, probably someone like Steve Buscemi. Um, but then I sort of just looked at his face. I was looking at Howard Baskin's face and I think he actually is Jeff Goldblum in about <laughs> 15 years time. So I went for Jeff Goldblum. And he's he's got to be, he's so like weird and eccentric. I think <laughs> that's that's who's, uh, who's born to play him. <laughs> yeah. I've gone for, I mean, that, yeah, it was just me agreeing with you 100% and it's probably going to yeah, be yeah. Jeff Goldblum because that's such a good shout. <laughs> um, I've sort of followed on from me Breaking Bad, Little Loving with Brian Cranston and went with um, Bob Oden, Odenkirk, is it? Odenek? Odenkirk? Odenkirk, yeah. Basically plays Saul Goodman, um, Better Call Saul and stuff like that. I absolutely love him. I think he's such a good actor. Um, if you haven't seen Better Call Saul, please watch Better Call Saul. It's fantastic. It carries on like just the, um, it it just ca- carries on the quality of the last two seasons of Breaking Bad. Um, it's it's just such a good TV show. Um, but I had Bob as Howard Baskin. He looks a little like him as well, but not as much as <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. And he's not as eccentric as Jeff Goldblum, which I think he'll have to be when he's on that fucking wedding photo <laughs> photograph oh, shoot. On, a, on an actual um, fucking leash. And the thing is with Jeff Goldblum, you'll just say to Jeff, hey, oh, this is the next scene, Jeff. You're going to be lying on all fours with a leash around you. And he'll just be like, oh yeah, okay, that sounds great. And he'll just like, <laughs> he'll crawl yeah. over to the set. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, 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 submit to that one and I'll say yeah Jeff Goldblum who have you got next should we go for (laughs) let's go for Doc Antle the really horrible intense creepy tiger owner is he the one oh he's the one with the little goatee in it like the little the little the little goat and the ponytail sort of thing yeah have you seen the picture the one one who has like four wives and they all live in houses so yeah Yeah, he's the one who hires the teenage girls Gets them in as zookeepers and then marries them, isn't he? Um, uh, the really seedy fellow, yeah. Have you seen a picture? There's a picture going around on Twitter and it's like Britney Spears on one of her t- tours with a tiger and he's just standing in the background holding the tiger. And I'm like, Really? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's famous for it. He was on like David Letterman and stuff, wasn't he, on the show? Um, he's an abs- he's a, he's abs- he's so creepy. Um, he's a freak. He's <laughs> he really is. Um, who have you got for it? I got John Malkovich <laughs> and I sort of had a few question marks by it, but then I was like, I feel like everything about Doc Antle has like sort of been shown in John Malkovich's career. Like 
do you see how sort of intensely he talks to the producers of the documentary like yeah he wants every shot to be perfect that he's yeah. in and he rehearses everything he says and he looks that really intensely at the person and gets every point across that he needs to get and i think that's sort of like who john malkovich is john malkovich is just the perfectionist isn't he um which begs the question why he did the transformers film but <laughs> nevertheless john malkovich is a shout um I've gone for, and I might have won this one. I don't want to blow my own trumpet. Go on. I've gone for John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went for, for for all the reasons that we mentioned when we were discussing Face Off. Um, <laughs> he is just the most shittest actor. I think <laughs> one of the shittest <gasps> actors ever. Take that back. No, he is. He is. No. He is. Apart from Greece, he's, he's good bad. in Greece. He's not. He's not that bad. But he's he's, he's just creepy. It just freaks yeah, yeah. me Especially out so that much. That film that came out last year, where he played like a super fan of a celebrity. Did you see that? I didn't. He's like a fifty-year-old fella, and he's obsessed with a celebrity, and he's got like really like creepy like hair and dresses weird. And he's obsessed I will watch with this guy. film. Um. But I think on the back of that, Doc Hansel is the next move. Just John a creepy Travolta. guy with, with money. I will put a bit of credibility back on John Travolta, actually. Have you seen the O.J. Simpson TV show? Yeah, It's he's like great. the crime one. He's really good. He's really, really good in that, actually, thinking Mate, back. Um, look at him, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah, but he's next to Samuel Jackson in that, and it's like... Yeah, he's still good. He's Yeah, he's good, but... He's not a great actor, but he's very good, I think. Yeah. Stick him anyway. as that. Stick him as Doc. Doc Hand. He's, <laughs> He's creepy. He's creepy. We both agree. He's very creepy. Um, and John Travolta. Uh, John Travolta's so creepy. Um, <laughs> I like you him, not, you know. Uh, no, no. Have you not seen him when... Um, <laughs> what is it when... I think it's the the Oscars and he's... I think he's he trying to kiss Scarlett Johansson or something. And it's just really, really creepy. <laughs> and he's like trying to kiss her. He couldn't say that woman's name from Frozen. Do you remember? Oh, um... Adina, Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel. She won, the she won an award. The wickedly he talented. He the wickedly talented. Adina Mazina. <laughs> yeah, we'll put John Travolta in there. Right, so John Travolta is in. We'll go down some other lesser characters because we're building up here. James Garretson. So he's the really disgusting, sweaty fella who's the the informant for the FBI. And the one who has the jet ski thing with I forgot to ca- I background. forgot I forgot to cast him, so I've got no one at the moment. So who have you who have you got for him? And I'll try and think off the top of my head. If people are aware of uh, Tenacious D, uh, Jack Black's band, absolutely. The two sorts of frontmen for that band is Jack Black and a fella called Kyle Gas. So <laughs> everyone might not know him, but if you Google Kyle Gas, it is the same person. And plus, <laughs> he has acted before. He's been in. The odd thing. He's in like an episode of Friends. Um, he's popped up in a few sorts of shitty films, but um, nevertheless, he is the spitting image. Kyle Gas down. He is the spitting image. If you just Google Kyle Gas and then James Garrison, yeah, same person. Kyle Gas probably can't ride a jet ski though. <laughs> I don't think the fella could either. Um, <laughs> just getting tugged along. I did have a little thought actually about him. Come on, the. Child actor from, um, oh, what's the film with Bruce Willis? 
and he's he's he, he, see, he sees dead people. What's his name? Yeah. Haley Joel Osment. Him. Have you seen him now? <laughs> yeah, he's so he's just, weird. He's just so weird and big <laughs> <laughs> with long, greasy hair. <laughs> he's just him. Um, but yeah, I'd go for him maybe. To be fair, let me throw a counter argument at you here. Go on. Right, just put uh, James Garrison to one side. Yeah. Have you got anyone for Joshua Dial, the campaign manager for when Joe Exotic ran for Seth Rogen. Um, Senator or whatever? <laughs> Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I, I love the idea of, um, first of all, he looks a little like Seth Rogen, but mm. I love the idea that with most of Seth Rogen's films, he has like loads of mad cameos. And I love the idea yeah. of Seth Rogen just doing a mad cameo in this film. <laughs> like, he's only in this documentary for, like, two minutes, isn't he, the lad? So I'd love, like, Seth Rogen just oh, yeah. to come in as the campaign <laughs> manager. That's not a bad shot. Because what I was going to say is, I've got um, I've got a couple of people down for that. But I wasn't really uh, too, too fussed on it because he's such a small character. So I put down Josh Gad, you know, the guy who plays... Um, Olaf. Olaf and stuff, but... Oh, he's been he's been in loads of films like uh, The Rocker and that Josh Gad. little monsters thing. He's really can, good. He is or, good. Uh, Samuel Tarley from Game of Thrones. <laughs> but my my point was that if we looked at people across the board for these sort of two characters, I mean, I think they could all play Boat, yeah, like, yeah. the two characters and probably all like play each other as well. They're all pretty Absolutely. much the same like person. Absolutely. You're gonna go with but I I'm, think I'm, I'm happy to concede Kyle Gas probably because hardly anyone knows who he is. So I'll I'll take that. So if we go for Haley Joel Osment as uh, big sweaty James Garrett, literally just Google Haley Joel Osment <laughs> as a kid, Everyone... and then Google him as he looks yeah. now, and it's like so weird. It's it's <laughs> his face hasn't changed, like his, but everything around it is just age. So it just like looks like they've stuck his face, <laughs> a kid's face, on this like big fat man, <laughs> like with a really <laughs> horrible beard and greasy sweaty hair. <laughs> <laughs> he looks disgusting but should we go with him yeah we'll go for him okay and who are we going for the other one the campaign um, the manager campaign manager yeah well, we'll just put Seth Rogen in as well I like the idea I think I went little... with Seth Rogen he did a film with um, Charlie's Ferron where they sort of like fall um, in love with each other yeah and she's like the vice president or something Um, it was a really really good film to be honest it was really funny but yes yeah, so we'll go with Seth Rogen for that one who have mm-hmm. you got for... This is quite fun, this. Who have you got for... Rick, the documentary guy? The producer of Joe Exotic TV. Exactly, yeah. Him. Big bad Rick. He's, I think he's my favourite character in the whole documentary as well. So, for this one, I also had John Malkovich down for him, but I crossed it out quite quickly. I've gone for Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> I mean, I think I might have might have seen this on one of the you know, the casting posts on uh, Twitter or Facebook, I'm not sure, yeah. but if I've, like, seen it, it's subconsciously sort of telling me to pick him, but... I think that's a shout. Him straight away. That's such a shout. Um, this guy actually reminded me of um, James Stewart. <laughs> Weirdly, if James Stewart was, like, the way he sounded and the way he looks, and he's quite tall yeah, and dangly, no, actually, yeah, he just looked... He, he if James Stewart yeah. was, like, went older, he just reminded me of that. Um, but obviously can't cast him because he's dead. But yeah. I, I will concede, and I, 
actually went along with a Facebook or a Twitter suggestion for this one because I just thought it absolutely nailed it. And it's Steve Buscemi for Rick. Like However, that. I think yours is an even better shout. I think Billy Bob Thornton. He just looks yeah, menacing. So. He just looks menacing, doesn't he? Billy Bob yeah, Thornton looks like a he looks like a bit of a bad man, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Looks like he has about Billy fifty Guinness for breakfast. <laughs> what a man! Right, Billy Bob's in. Right, I've got three more roles down here. Yeah, so John Finley, um, Johnny Noteef. I mm-hmm. have I've gone for Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> nice. he's Good. gone a bit this weird. Sort of... He's gone a bit weird since Michael Bay messed with his head in Transformers. A bit. Um, <laughs> just just a bit. It's all it takes is the dog's humping. It just went to his head and just made him <laughs> <laughs> made him insane. Um, but yeah, I'll go for Shia LaBeouf on this one. Yeah, I think Shia LaBeouf is a pretty good shout, to be honest. It's something he'd definitely do. He'd probably knock his own teeth out for the role. <laughs> I think... Do you know what? I think that's a good shout. My my initial idea was Sean William Scott, whose career died about 10 years ago, when it reached the peak of like I can being see really that. shit anyway. I but can I feel see the that. direction we're going. With the people we've already cast... And the directors we've got in the chair, Sean William Scott, is just not allowed anywhere near this production. So Shia LaBeouf walks in and snatches the role. I think we got the big two left. We have. And do you know what? These are probably... These are the hardest. These are the hardest to cast, to be honest. Should we do Carol first? Let's do Carol fucking Baskin. Carol Baskin. I just want to say one thing that quick. I've seen loads of people saying, like, Kate McKinnon to play her. No. 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 I don't like Kate McKinnon. Uh, I'm not a massive fan. I think she's she can be quite funny sometimes, but it doesn't like no. warrant her enough to be known as a sort of like comedic actor when she's only funny like 5% of the time. Yeah, exactly. She's a very, very American humour. Not for us. Not for us. I have gone for, <laughs> on the subject of American humour, I've gone for actually... Someone I do quite find funny, um, and it is Melissa McCarthy. Nice of Bridesmaids fame and other films. I d- I do think Bridesmaids is obviously one of the, I think the funniest films. Um, definitely up there for me. One of the funniest films, and she's done a couple of other films where I've, and roles where I found her quite funny. Um, but I think sh- I think she just looks the part, and I think should be able to do that nutty side of the carol. Yeah, yeah. So, like... like <laughs> the, the sort of, that, like, dead, t- dead-eyed show. Like, she's looking at you and she looks like she's a yeah, nice yeah. person, but you look the, into her eyes and you're like, fuck, she's... The thing with Carol... fucking killed people. Yeah, yeah, the thing with Carol is that... And I think it's quite scary, is that when she's, like, looking at down the camera and, she, and they're, like, looking at it, it looks like there's nothing behind them eyes. <laughs> It looks like it's just she's, she's just like a an, shark. She's just an empty vessel. <laughs> she's like a shark. <laughs> it's just like an empty vessel, but in real life, she's an absolute like killer. <laughs> like one hundred percent, she yeah. did it. She did it. We'll 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 put it on record on this podcast. We both think she did it. Um, <laughs> but like, she just terrifies me, and I think Melissa McCarthy can do that as like comedic. Like, do, do you get what I mean? That like fine line yeah, between yeah. being 
like absolute blank, but being an absolute stone cold killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is Carol. I've got. Um, I've got. I I really struggled with this one more than any of the others. Um, I don't know why Kathy Bates popped into my head, but obviously she can't do it because she's like fucking eighty or something. She. Um, I think Kathy Bates maybe, twenty years maybe, ago would have been perfect. Yeah, back in the day, like the misery days. Hundred percent. That's Carol Baskin. That's Carol Baskin. Um, but this is a this isn't actually my shout. This is Sophie's idea, and she said, "What about um, Lisa Kudrow? You know who plays Phoebe in Friends? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things there. There's like the fact that Phoebe basically is Carol Baskin to begin. I with. like that, but I think it's more of a, a character analysis than a a person. Maybe. I mean, there's like pretty sure Phoebe admits to killing people in Friends at some point. Maybe she jokes about it, but she's probably killed people. I will go um, on. She's a bit of a, a bit of a psycho, but um, yeah, that's I, I couldn't think of anything, so that's what I'm gonna throw into the mix. I will go on record very briefly and say I don't really like Friends the TV show. Um, I have seen loads of Friends, and some of them are actually really funny, but um, it's not for me. But Lisa Goodrow is a shout. Say. I think from going forward, I think you're made redundant and Sophie should take over the chair. Um, because that <laughs> is a shout. So you're going Lisa. I'd I'd say Melissa. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll go with you on that one too. I just think she'd be perfect for it. Which leaves us with the main event, the main man. Joe Exotic. That absolute creep. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what though? I, I don't know what it is, but I like him. I want to be his mate. I don't know. I I can't stand him. Who have you got? Actually, no. Go I'm, I'm going to take that back really quickly. I don't want to be his mate. I want to know him. I don't want to be his mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to know about him. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I just want to have him so, on Facebook so I can see all the things going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. I never want to like anything. I want to see anything. the videos he posts yeah, about exactly. Carol Baskin on Facebook. Yeah. So, obviously, from prison. Joe Exotic said that if there was a film to be made, he wants Brad Pitt or David Spade to play him. To be fair, David Spade's a really David good Spade shout. David Spade is a shout. It is him. Yeah. It is him. I think this is one I'm quite happy with out of a lot of them. So I'll let you go first, and then I'll give you my shout. I have gone for someone who can sort of get lost in roles and you don't really... You don't know it's him, if that makes sense. Like, it doesn't look like mm-hmm. him, and he doesn't sound like him. And he's, like, sort of known for that. It is, of course, Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he'd be amazing as Joe Exotic. He'd, be, he'd just get lost in that role, like he does, like, Jack Sparrow. Um, yeah, that's a good point, actually. And Black Mass. I don't know if you've seen Black Mass. Um, but, obviously, he's famous for the Pirates films and getting lost as Jack Sparrow in that role. But he did a film called Black Mass, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where he played a really sadistic um, hitman, gangster, um, and he got lost in that role as well. And I actually think if if that film come out around Oscar time, it would have been nominated because he was absolutely fantastic in that film, and it was a really good film. Um, well worth a watch, Black Mass. But now we'll put Johnny Depp, just because he can get lost in the role, um, he's got that sort of he's got the acting chops basically to to pull off that role yeah, i think yeah. as a like a comedy actor as well i think he's actually quite funny especially some of his johnny depp's mm. comedic timing for um jack sparrow is fantastic um and i think he'll suit the coen brothers sort of uh yeah influence and style and stuff like that so yeah i've gone with johnny yeah. depp for that one 
to be fair, you, you swayed me quite a bit there. Um, so this might be quite tough to decide. Um, I've gone for uh, Bill Macy, uh, so William H Macy. So um, <laughs> he's not he's not particularly famous. Um, so obviously he's in Fargo, and that's that's why I decided I was watching Fargo the other night. It was on ITV too, actually. He's in Shameless. He was in the US Shameless. That's not funny. Yeah, so he's in um, Fargo, uh, Boogie Nights, um, and yeah, like uh, like Jake's just said, he's in the American version of Shameless. Um, so I think he's got that sort of look where he can he can play anyone, but he's he's not giving off the vibe of the person he's playing. So, for example, like in Fargo, he puts a hit out on his wife, but mm. he's like the the sort of like the gimpiest, inoffensive person ever. Mm. And I feel like that's sort of what Joe Exotic does. He's like comes across like this really friendly, uh, nice, easygoing fella, but he's a proper nasty bastard. And I also think he just looks a bit like him as well. No, I can see that 100%. It's going to be a tough one, I think. I don't know. I like them both. Do you know what? I'm going to, I think, I'm going to go with you on John. I, I was about to say I was going to go with you. Mate, this film's going to be fucking expensive. Um, yeah, I'm just like, well, John Travolta will be free, and <laughs> Michael Madsen will be free. Um, <laughs> Haley Joel, Joel Osment will do it for about 20 quid. Exactly. So, cutting corners there. I'll submit defeat and I'll go with yours. I, I don't know. I want to go. I, I want to go for Johnny Depp now. I feel like you've persuaded me there. So All right, like, then let's go with Johnny Depp. Really... Johnny Depp's win it. I win. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I won't give the explanation. Just pick him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he hasn't really done much recently, apart from the you know the Harry Potter films, and he's only in them for about fucking six minutes anyway. I think it's a, it, if this is to happen, it's a good source of revival for him. Johnny Depp as Joe Exotic could actually really work. I think we're done then. We are. So Tiger King, the motion picture, Coen Brothers directing. We've got Johnny Depp as Joe Exotic. Now this Carol is really Baskin. Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. Carol <laughs> fucking Baskin. As, as Carol Baskin. Uh, Jeff Goldblum playing her husband. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf playing Johnny Depp's husband. Yeah. Um, Billy Bob Thornton as the TV producer. Randall Park as one arm Saf. Yeah. Um, John Travolta as the big freak, Doc Ansel. Um, <laughs> Woody Harrelson as Johnny No Legs. Matthew McConaughey as Hippie Jesus Zookeeper Eric. Um, Seth, <laughs> Seth Rogen as the campaign manager, Joshua Dial. And Hayley Joel Osmond <laughs> as Big Sweaty James Garretson. I'm happy with that. We'll do that. I'm happy with that. Absolutely smashed it. Well done, us. November 2021. Um, oh, January. January. That's going to be a... That's, that's, that's an Oscar contender, that. Yeah, November. Get in nah, you, you want that a peak year? You want that like <laughs> New Year's Day opening, nah? <laughs> New Year's Day. Christmas Day. I'd go, like, I'd go on Christmas Day to see it. Whenever Wolf of Wall Street opened, that's when that film should open. December. Because <laughs> it's quite quite similar. December time. In fact, should we just get Scorsese to direct it? <laughs> well, we need to recast and just put... <laughs> he's my he's my favourite actor. He's my favourite director, Martin Scorsese. I don't know if I mentioned this, but... I don't know, mate. Um, I don't think you have, actually. No, no, no. So, in which case, yeah. we'd we'd have to cast fucking Robert De Niro as Joe Exotic and just get the DHA technology <laughs> back on. We'll have Joe Pe- Joe Pesci as John Finley. Oh, <laughs> John, Joe Pesci with John No Teeth. 
to give him the tattoos for real. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with the cast. Yeah, same. So you've been listening to episode six. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Hope you're all maybe done some suggestions alongside listening. Um, if you did, we do have a Twitter yeah, handle nice, now, don't we? Nice little shameless plug there. We've 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 up, we've upgraded. Um, so you yeah. can find us on Twitter now. Yeah, um, it's at just the one pod. Exactly. <laughs> little little plug there. Good stuff. Cheers, Jake. Cheers, Adam. Stay safe, everyone. Well, everything was fine, just as sweet as wine, but her husband went and disappeared. But then it got a little crazy, it got a little hazy, and the cops said there's something wrong here. Oh, here, kitty, kitty. Well, mama's got some treats for you. Can't find